Welcome back to Music Sounds Better with Two. The best bits. <laughs> I'm Julie. And I'm Nat. And yep, I've cobbled together a little. Well, um, I'm selling yourself short. Mm, mm, it's not really for this one. No, I think this is good. not my best work, Natalie. I think that everything you do is your best work. I actually did it whilst I was on a retreat and supposed to be resting from everything. But my version of... I mean, I think I actually did the conversation with you where I was like, yeah. oh, I'm, go I'm, I'm not going to like be talking really to anybody and or really having my phone on me at all, but I'm going to take my laptop because I might not be able to sleep at night and that means I can get some editing done. Remember when we... I'm terrible at relaxing. <laughs> Remember when we took a break last time and we ended up doing an episode a day? <laughs> yeah, that actually happened. So, oh. but it, yeah, it was. Um, it actually, like, I do find a fair bit of relaxation in the process of editing because I'm a massive weirdo. So, I would say the best kind of weirdo. Oh, I know. We're having a wee love-in section with each other tonight. That doesn't sound right, but... <laughs> it absolutely is right. It's the yeah. only thing well, that's it's right. right for us. Yeah, exactly. So, in this uh, part, because yes, it is two parts. Yes, we do have about so three or four hours of best bits because much. we're that level of narcissism. Oh, we're so hilarious. Like when when we like bring out when we like bring out our own merch, I'll be wearing it every single day. Yeah, just constantly. You better believe it. Right, I was gonna have a peekaboo back, so I can yeah. show everyone the back designs. Yeah, that that's an end joke. <laughs> that will reveal one day. Or not. Yeah. Will reveal one day. Yeah. When we're ready to reveal it. But yeah, this part has got um, a selection from the first four episodes, I believe. I think so. Yeah, that sounds correct to me. That's the ones that um, I listened to and enjoyed. So we've got conspiracy theories. That's probably the best one to edit because there was loads of little ringy <laughs> bits in that one. Yeah. <laughs> At least laughing at the mere memory of the conspiracy theories episode. Uh, Do you know we uh, peaked way too early with that as episode one? Well, I think it's a false summit again, but I think that I. <laughs> I think it's because I was just. I, that was when I was fully most off my head from just coming out of that second lockdown. Yeah. And we were just so high on. High on life that I was just making. I think we were just sitting like raven jokes. ravenously eating candy kittens the whole we were week can through that recording. We were eating candy kittens the whole week through. We were high on sugar. We were high on seeing each other again. Yeah. It was just insanity captured in that it little. It really was. In that little oh, yeah. thing. Wee bit of conspiracy theories. And then, of course, yeah. selections from the Blinkisodes. <laughs> which is always my favourite time when I get towards like I mean it's only happened twice because I've only had two series but I can yeah. already feel myself getting excited knowing Take that series 2 is over episode 3 of series 3 is going to be more blank and I'm so excited that is coming yeah 
and then we moved on to uh, Keith Green's Legacy, so our little kind of cute Spirit oh, Seekers kites. episode. That was adorable, yeah. that wasn't funny at all, it was just cute. No, the Kites episode was absolutely adorable. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had TV theme tune Nostalgia, so some good bits from that. <laughs> Natalie's, she's found a new um, TV series that she quite likes. Would you like to... Um, promote it even though we're not sponsored by Netflix oh. or the show no uh so oh this is Amazon Prime controversial Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. whoopsie um yeah. whoopsie biggest pop machine going at the minute um just before you launch into that did I ever tell you about the dream that Sarah had about me and Jeff Bezos no please tell me that it was like a crazy love making dream no it wasn't it was weirder <laughs> than that if you can imagine a world but um yeah she just to kind of summarize and um, sarah will need to tell you the dream in full next time we have her too. on but um she was frantically trying to get to my um jazz concert that i was apparently um doing out of nowhere i'm not a jazz singer i'm not a lounge singer but i was Aww. in her dream and she was trying to come and see my performance but jeff bezos had bought all the roads and you could only <gasps> traverse them if you were, I think, if you if you own shares in Amazon or if you had an oh Amazon van or if you were an Amazon employee, otherwise you couldn't use the roads. Normal pedestrians and, and citizens could this not. Is a, this is a horrifying, um, dystopian insight into our futures, all of our futures. It is, and she, she said that when she finally got to me, I was like, well, it's finished, it's over, you've missed it. And I was furious with her in the green. You've missed it, you should have bought shares on Amazon Road. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, babe. It, it was, <laughs> the poor girl was traumatised. Um, but this ties in quite nicely because um, I think she'd messaged me at a really like inappropriate um, time of either during the night or first thing in the morning, which you did this morning when you Aww. had a funny dream. I did. Yeah. I had, um, uh, I'm not too shy to divulge what's happened because I've obviously divulged all of my sexual relations. Well, go for it. You can, you can tell what? the listeners about your dream and then also, this can be a bit of bonus content, so you can tell the <laughs> listeners about your... Um, your naughty dream and then also the TV show that you like. That that's that's true. Um so yeah, I, I don't Julie knows that I don't dream often, like I don't remember my dreams. I obviously dream but I, I don't remember the but... opposite of me that it's just like every night is a new layer of trauma. <laughs> 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 but I've been getting super stressed about starting school and um I could just tell, I could sense that these sort of school fear dreams were coming. And I had one last night where it was like, it all started off where I was in like this classroom with this like group of people and we were obviously like all students again. It's like that horrific dream we never left school, whatever. And we were all like taking notes and all that. But we were all like teachers in training kind of thing. And we were getting ready to like graduate out into the world. And it was like a weird random collection of people that were like my friends, people that, I, that are ex-friends that I've not seen in years. Um, celebrities, like all of that jazz. So um, I know it was, it was weird. So then we ended up um, the the like lecture guy ended up announcing like, oh, um, at like half past, the people that are like at X school are going to like leave because like your train leaves now. 
So I left for these people <laughs> in a typical, typical stress dream where you can never seem to walk fast enough to keep up with the crowd and you get lost Ooh. and confused and like all convoluted. So that kind of happened and then this crazy lady that used to come in, in my shop all the time when I worked in the shop like to tooted her horn and she was driving this crazy big like Cadillac with like huge fins like from the 1950s but like the world that we were in was still Scotland but it was also kind of America. Yeah and it's one of those dreams where it's like it's a place you recognise but it doesn't look anything like it yeah, looks in real life. It's Weird. everywhere and nowhere. It was so strange. <laughs> so, so me and like a big group of the people that were going to the train just jumped in this car, right? And one of the people that jumped in this car with me was none other than Mr. Matt Skiba. Chris, now, be happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, now, me and Mr. Matt Skiba, we didn't exchange words um, at all during this dream. What happened was, it was quite a long journey, so I decided to go into the boot for a kick. And then at some point, um, Matt Skiba decided to join me. And no no words were exchanged, but um, we just decided to make passionate love to each other. <laughs> no words were necessary. <laughs> no words were necessary. And the and, and the boot of this car and it was it was quite it was quite fabulous if I remember correctly. It was it was very nice. Well I think what you were impressed by is um the spaciousness this and also so spacious? what he managed to um, bring to the table. <laughs> I think, I think what, the yeah? words you described, um, this, the experience to me this morning yeah? at 6 a.m. where that he was a tender lover. He was a very, he was a very tender, non-selfish lover. He was very selfless, actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I then spent we then parted ways because obviously in, in the dream even even in the dream world I was I was aware that I was already in a relationship and that I should not have done this mm. I felt quite guilty about it but at the same time I kept wanting to pursue him throughout the dream and being like this is unresolved I want to actually share words with you and see what happens here but he kept like alluding me and this might became... be a bad time to bring this up, but does Jordan know that you had this dream, or is this going to oh, no, be I've... like a fresh yeah. revelation to him? Too? Oh yes, it's going to be a total fresh revelation to him. He's absolutely no like, yeah, this happened. Don't mean you haven't told him, <laughs> Jordan. I'm sorry. Not only do I, not only do I dream cheat, I also tell other people that I dream cheat that are them. <laughs> <laughs> adorable so yeah it was like all it was it ended like unresolved and I was just really annoyed that I never got to um ever speak to him and well, tell that's him that's the thing I think the thing that upset you the most was not being able to converse with him in some way you wanted um yeah a stimulation that you didn't get which I, I, I think is quite noble yeah I, I did um so yeah, that was that was my that was my dream, guys. And um, the show that I have been watching is called Cruel Summer. It's uh, on Amazon Prime or available to stream on some sort of Fire Stick or dodgy site if you don't have Amazon Prime. Yeah, Pirate um, Bay still a thing. Oh, absolutely, um, <laughs> absolutely. LimeWire just infect those computers. I mean, the um, amount of Trojan horses you're getting, like <laughs> nobody's winning out of that. <laughs> No, it's quite bad. Anymore. It's quite, quite bad. 
Um, but no, it's, it's really good. I'm only up to episode four, um, but it's, it's really good so far. I really like it. It's set across like three different 90s timelines, 93, 94, 95, and it revolves around the kind of um, kidnap mystery teen drama thing. And it's like all about kind of like girls sort of not supporting girls and very relevant actually but i guess looking at the internal politics behind that right yeah kind of why do we always kind of why are we always terrible to each other yeah Yeah. why do you always compare each other and covet things that other people have and not really understanding why and want to play weird mind games with each other yeah it's it's really it's really really interesting Um, and also it reminded you of a certain yes, video game. Yes, yes, yes. It really reminded me of Life is Strange and we've been watching Life the Lemmy. We've, we've been watching yes. old Lemmy Twitch um, streams yeah. together, haven't we, when we've yeah. been having our little nights together. <laughs> um, it's been killing me. And yeah, Lemmy's um, commentary. Hella cash. Lemmy's commentary <laughs> on Life is Strange is quite something. It's um, so nihilistic. It's yeah. He's like, just wants to make the worst decisions that anyone's ever made. In he life. wants to essentially cause as much pain, damage, and destruction to as many people as possible. Yeah. And doesn't care about it. It's brilliant. No, and he succeeds in the, in his endeavour. Apart from when he doesn't get given enough choice to ruin enough people's lives, and he has to. Yeah, people. there was actually a point quite near the end when, no matter how, he, he, like how badly intentioned his decisions were, <laughs> they would lead to a favourable outcome, and his frustration <laughs> at, at not being given the choice to destroy, um, lives. Life was yeah. so hilarious so he's like we, no no he's so funny oh. honest no yeah. give me a choice he's so yeah. nice, honestly i can <laughs> he's awesome oh let me we love you love you Lemmy. keep being you yeah so i guess that's <laughs> yeah about all <laughs> the news found, that we have anything coherent in that please uh, i've just Threaded up a needle. I've taken up cross stitch. Oh, that's right. My never-ending quest to become either the world's um oldest toddler or youngest old age <laughs> pensioner. That's oh. my dress code. I'm not allowed in my flat unless you're dressed like that. It's adorable. So, yeah, there we go, guys. Well, enjoy yeah. the best of series two. Part one, and yeah, yeah. we'll we'll see you for more wee stories and parts. Oh, absolutely, two. we love you. Ciao, love Bye. <laughs> So, musical conspiracy theories, guys. This article is called "The Strangest Musical Conspiracy Theories." Ready. I'm trained and ready. Right, so you you mm. genuinely think that there's a chance that Elvis isn't dead? Yeah, I do. Right. I mean, I, I agree. I think he was deeply unhappy with his lot in life and yeah. wanted to live in obscurity. I mean, that's fair. I, I, I honestly agree that obviously that there could be an element that he could be alive because I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see the body, right? So I can't prove that he died. 
Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that in the latter years of his career, <laughs> he did not look like a healthy man. He didn't look right? well, no. Didn't look well, so I'm thinking he probably is dead just on a health point. Next little two back-to-back segments of this article. Bieber is cold-blooded. <laughs> Obviously a reference to him being a lizard person. And Jay-Z sucks. Open brackets, blood, closed brackets. <laughs> so Bieber is a lizard person. Jay-Z is a vampire. Um... Wow, man. Yeah, apparently, I mean, we know about the Bieber being a lizard thing, which I think is fairly ridiculous. Um, what, what do you mean we all know about B- Bieber being a lizard thing? I've never heard this. You haven't? So this is your version of Paul's dead? <laughs> Bieber's lizard? <laughs> there's there's supposed footage of him and then other people as well, like Miley Cyrus. Is there a weird tongue thing? And Rihanna as well, where the, the, the pupils in their eyes oh, suddenly, they go sideways. suddenly go narrow right. halfway through an interview. Right, okay. That, <laughs> I don't believe we're doing an episode on this. No, no listen, listen, right. There's something about how when you when you read Aye. in isolation, if you know, if you're sitting on your own on a on a kind of Friday night, you've got a wee gin in your hand, Eve. you're watching a conspiracy. Uh-huh. theory video you're reading something and you're just you on your own just reading it thinking yeah i'm totally i believe every single yeah. word of this and then the minute you start to speak it all out loud i know you realize you realize the folly you of your own, yeah your but own then beliefs. but then so what if you sounded that you it could still be true like mm. i don't know if there are people you might be he's probably not <laughs> here's some two little segments that again they've tied together with the, right. the headings riri's eyes don't have it right Stevie's eyes do. Oh no! <laughs> I know okay? what the Stevie Wonder thing is because please don't tell me that Stevie Wonder is that people don't think he's actually blind. Please don't tell me that's what it is. I have someone in my life I'm very close to who believes that that, that, that <laughs> by the way is the only conspiracy theory that they believe in is that Stevie Wonder isn't blind. That's it's the only one they buy. That's absolutely wild. Out of everything. That's insane. Um, no, what's happening with Rihanna's eyes? She's got lovely eyes. She does. Some conspiracies involve death and secret New World orders. Others are about winking. <laughs> you have to be careful how I you read that. Is that an irony? That's right. There are certain <laughs> portions of the internet who believe that Rihanna can't wink. How is that a conspiracy? That's just a fact. I'm losing the wealthy love with every single one of these. There are untold videos online that show the singer attempting to wink, but never actually following through. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure that it's just like normal? Like, cause like, you know how when you see like people try to wink in the day the whole like I can't take this. And the goes. <laughs> oh, this doesn't seem to have been connected to the ubiquitous lizard people yet, though right. it is only a matter of time. Well, I can tell you. Picking. After my Shane Dawson binge watching of of uh, earlier years, it is connected because Rihanna was one of the ones Plus with the way they show you a video of her, um, our our pupils going into a thin line midway through an interview. It's definitely not <laughs> Photoshop, so she has been tied in with the lizard. But then conspiracy theory. My question is right: lizards like infamously can't blink. No, well, that's what I was going to ask you about. Wizards, right? Have they not got the weird eyelids that close right o- like You know the ones that go right over? Mm. Like the ones that do that, like a camera lens? Mm-hmm. I thought they had those eyelids. They may well do, but... So therefore, they do technically blink, <coughs> but just in a different they way from us. They blink in a different direction. They blink on 92 degrees. But... 
mean, I I don't know. I mean, surely I think not being able to wink isn't a conspiracy. No, but tying her into lizard people is. Yeah. So they were, that was a kind of half baked one. In my opinion. It's a very half baked one. I mean, a conspiracy theory completely revolving around someone's inability to wink is really That's going tenuous. Some... That is a tenuous. It is very tenuous. Uh, so that is the BBC Sounds Unpop Podcasts article on the strangest musical conspiracies. R.I.P. Amy and or Julie ever working for BBC. I'm on rollingstone.com. Official Rolling Stone article. Again, taking other people's work mm-hmm. for their own. Yeah. This is by Rob Sheffield. And it's for October 11th, 2019. So fairly recent. Mm-hmm. Considering it's one of the oldest conspiracies about, which is the Paul was dead conspiracy. Yep, that I've never heard of apart yeah. even though I'm a fan of conspiracy theories and the Beatles. There you go. Honestly, this one's just escaped Pass you. me by. Mm-hmm. The Paul was dead craze. It blew up on October 12, 1969, when Russ Gibb was hosting his show on WKNR. A mysterious caller told him to put on the Beatles White Album and spin the number nine, number nine intro from Revolution Whoa. 9 backwards. Oh, it's back masking. This yes. is yeah, so, this is a common one. When Gibb tried it on the air, he heard the words Turn me on, dead man. The clues kept coming. Necrophilia <laughs> <laughs> now. The, cl- <laughs> the clues kept coming. At the end of Strawberry Feels Forever, John says, I buried Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if you've ever like well, number one thing to say here is that if you have a free kind of 5, 10, 15 minutes and you want to laugh, like go on YouTube and look for videos where they play backmasked lyrics, you know, oh, where so they play is. lyrics backwards in songs yeah. and claim, like you'll have like wee closed captions that come up telling you <laughs> what the lyrics allegedly say. And they literally, it is like when you're trying to capture a spirit's voice on a tape, you know, using sophisticated recording equipment. (laughs) There could be anything being kept. They are very entertaining, but it literally could be anything uh, that the voices are saying. No, totally. It's madness. I agree. Uh, So, what could it all mean? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing confirmed anyway, hence conspiracy. Two days later, the Michigan Daily explained the Abbey Road cover as a funeral procession. Oh my god. (laughs) No, wait, no, you see it is. This is literally like a deep dive of the cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's an iconic cover. I love so it. Good, right? I love that album. You might be looking at it differently. I might be loving it less in a minute. Okay. The Preacher, open brackets, John yeah. in white. Yeah. Bracket. The Undertaker, huh? open bracket, Ringo in black, mm-hmm. close bracket. Mm-hmm. The Corpse, open bracket, poor Maka, close <laughs> bracket. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing up the rear. George in blue denim is the gravedigger man. Oh, come <laughs> on. That is based on nothing more than the cliche that gravediggers are all in denim, which, by the way, is a cliche that I've never heard of. Well, I don't know. See, Western Battleshire Council, where I'm fair, mm-hmm. they wear like pure all dark blue. So they just wear, like, they? A, they wear like a big blue onesie. Big, big blue onesie dungaree to dig graves. <laughs> wow. Wait, is this a <laughs> I've like not realised that grave diggers are just exclusively all in denim. Well, no, it's not denim, but it's like that blue canvas material. Blue canvas. I think it depends. Oh, well, yeah. I think it depends on what council area you're from, because North Lanarkshire might or whatever like might have a totally different. I love how I'm talking about like local authority grave digger uniforms. <laughs> see, see if you're the. See, <laughs> 
little South Lanarkshire logo oh, on it. See if we'll look can... on the Abbey Road co- uh, album cover for that and see if it's got Liverpool County Council. Aye. I don't know what, like, whatever it comes under. Listen, see if you agree with that and you're listening. Tell us what you wear at your work. Slide into the DMs, yeah, right? Absolutely. We need to know. By the way, during a pandemic, <laughs> might not be the most like. Shout out to the grave diggers, man. They've been working double time for this. <laughs> Natalie Duffy! <laughs> Talking about getting cancelled. <laughs> they deserve a pay rise, man. The, one of the last weddings I went to before lockdown was a wonderful wedding um, for two of my friends, Laura and Mark. Shout out to you guys. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. And this was around the time that I'd started to kind of talk to people about this. Not in an evangelizing way, but I was like, guys, have you heard this conspiracy theory <laughs> about Selena Gomez's kidney transplant? Because it's so mad. And I do remember, you know, after many beverages, sitting and <laughs> regaling baby? complete strangers <laughs> with this story. And them looking at me like I was an insane person, um, which in many ways I am. Um, yeah, but it right. became the kind of Julie, you know, has gone mad again. You know, what's she rambling about today? And it, be- it became like a total thing. Um, and I had to keep bringing it back to look. But, you know, Shane Dawson, he did two videos on this. You know, <laughs> this is like multi-segments. It was updates on this particular conspiracy theory that would come out now and again. Um the origins of it are the bit that is definitely true is that a young lady called Kanika Jenkins uh, in 2017 was found dead inside a latched freezer of the Crown Plaza Chicago Chicago O'Hare Hotel in Illinois after she'd attended a party. The medical examiner's report found Jenkins' death to be accidental. Um, there was alcohol and something called topiramate found in her system. Um, these were thought to have hastened the effects of hypothermia sustained by Jenkins remaining mm-hmm. inside the freezer. While the Rosemont Police Department did not suspect foul play, they stated that their investigation was incomplete and Jenkins' family and friends criticised the initial police response and a lawsuit was subsequent, subsequently filed against the hotel and others. So I don't think right. they ever got to the bottom of how she ended up in the in freezer. The freezer. Okay. However, there was some video footage that emerged that was probably as strange as the video footage that was uncovered of Elisa Lam. I was going to say, I'm thinking of the water tower thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't even need to say her name. Uh, It's it's, it's so infamous now, you know, Elisa, um, which I think we talked about very briefly in the last episode of Series 1 when we were sitting talking about Lewis. Um, I can't remember what the connection was. Oh, wow. Um, we, we did mention that quite briefly about, you know, these strange little CCTV videos that emerge from time to time, showing someone's mm-hmm. final moments uh, with Elisa Lamb. We have her 
you know, coming in and out of an elevator and doing strange motions with her hands and, and pressing the buttons and looking mm-hmm. like she was, it looked as if she felt that she was being pursued by something. She was acting very strangely. Again, that's all tied up with the whole thing about her, her mental health not being yeah. um, at its peak at that time. Those moments, you know, before she died, uh, she, I think She's she had been offered yeah. medication and, and there'd been problems there. Um, but with this one, the video footage that emerged of Kanika, she was kind of staggering down the the hotel lobby, I think, and then into the kitchen area, Mm. um, kind of staggering towards uh, where the refrigerators were, which in and of itself is an odd thing to do. Even if you are under the influence of alcohol, you're not immediately um, deciding to walk into a fridge and and have it really hot, though. Well... (laughs) Natalie, I am trying to be as tasteful as I can with this. The life of a young lady has been lost. Um, yeah. Um, so, but, but in the video, it does look similar to Elisa Lam. Like, yeah. the, the, like there's someone, there's something or someone else in the footage that we can't see. Right. Yeah, so it is like it. she is mm-hmm. being lured. Like someone yeah. is is calling her forward and and. and and luring her towards the refrigerators. So yeah. there was the, the video in and of itself is quite strange. Now, where does Selena Gomez fit into all of this? I think you're about to tell me. Well, I'm very stoked about it. So in this area of Illinois, I think the rumor was, from what I can remember from Shane Dawson's video, because the the the, the kind of information on the internet on Google in and of itself is not very forthcoming. So I'm going strictly by memory of these videos. So forgive me for anything I get wrong. Um, anybody else that's watched Shane's videos um, recently. <laughs> Um, but I think there was uh, an a- that area of Illinois was apparently um, known for some black market August harvest harvesting, mm-hmm. and because there'd been you know there's obviously been a lawsuit filed against the the hotel. Yeah, there was a yeah. suspect of foul play. Yeah, um, in the case of um, Kanika Jenkins, it, it, it was assumed that. It's possible she was killed for organ harvesting. Yeah, because you know, put like within the freezer, you know, it's kept the organs nice and fresh for when they harvest them. I hadn't even thought of that. I don't yeah. think that facts in the video, but that is actually <laughs> quite. I was going to say quite chilling, and then I briefly hated myself for even thinking that. But yes, <laughs> I mean, the, the initial thing you would you would think is, well, did they ever do an autopsy to see if her kidneys were still in her body? Yeah, like, did she have, like, Y incisions all over the And shop? now I'm starting to feel like this theory is unraveling as fast as possible, because that would be such an easy way of ruling this out. But we'll suspend kind of yeah. belief for a moment. For this entire episode, to be honest. For the entire yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, now, shortly after Kanika's death, Selena Gomez had a kidney transplant. There was very famous pictures of her side by side in hospital beds with one of her friends. I think it was her best friend who had given Mm -hmm. her a kidney. No. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) She also released a music video. I'm assuming after her recovery... (laughs) Where now the vid- the video is for the song fetish. She's 
all in white in the video. Right. She's portrayed as acting in a bizarre manner in a walk-in, towards a walk-in freezer. (laughs) Making snow angels in the frost of the freezer. (gasps) With big angel wings. Dude, this is this is. I'm actually kind of invested in this. Like, isn't it? I'm glad that you're having the response that you're having purely because, like, purely based on right. Conspiracy theories are mad, but there are ones that emerge now and again where there's enough, there's enough kind of ingrained in there to to kind of draw you in and a kind of. And but this is where it gets so exploitative because a literal person lost their literal life. I know. And, and and we've made these weird like theories around them, uh, you know, around their death. And there is some. This is why I started to fall off the conspiracy know, wagon a wee it's bit quite bad. because it's like tickling that part of you that's like, oh, oh, that's kind yeah. of weird and strange and, and creepy. And yeah. oh, it's like and watching a horror film and getting that sick yeah, thrill. Totally. And this is kind of an extension of yeah, that. We're getting a sick thrill out of like literally like exploiting people's lives. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what really had made me take a step back from all of this mm. like i'd love to tell you yeah. that i heard the kanika jenkins selena gomez black market organ harvesting and thought this is where i'm gonna jump yeah. off it was actually no. quite a bit after that but i do yeah we're back again because <laughs> i kind of can't get away from it i just no, think there's these either. little weird coincidences sometimes that it's like a kind of glimpse into the unknown like yes. something that's been kept from uh-huh, you that you're totally, drawn totally. to i agree I mean, the, the Madonna thing, I think, was... Anyway, that's oh, all I yeah. had to say on Selena Gomez and, oh. and the organ <laughs> thing. Um, it's really weird and creepy and funny, and, and I look like a complete idiot every time I recount the story. Oh, and, and that um, music video has made me think that this could possibly have a wee bit of yeah. veracity to it. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm, probably not, maybe. <laughs> what do you guys think? Slide into DMs if you think we're absolutely after nuts, which you think anyway, but about the Selena thing in particular. Yeah. This might be where everybody jumps off this podcast. Right? <laughs> I don't think I've handled it well. But, no, um, I think it's good. Like I think, because do you know what? Like, a low point making the the chilling pun. <laughs> Brought you an article from HappyMag.tv. Sounds pretty suspicious, but mm. anyway, it's about the beautiful Tom DeLong. Yeah, it's beautiful. Can confirm. Can confirm. And as we know. I've got any hard feelings towards Tom anymore. No. We've been through a bit of a roller coaster together, yeah. me and him. A one-sided roller coaster. He's not always been there for you, has he? No, he's the one that abandoned. <laughs> abandoned you. He abandoned me multiple and times. Yeah, and Mark. And sanity. This article, the Happy TV one, says, We have compiled the best Tom's Long Alien theories. And it's pretty scary. So I feel as if, like, they're already <laughs> not liking what he's saying. Yep. So it's from October. That's by it's by Happy TV. All of them, October tenth, twenty nineteen. Unhappy TV. Yeah, I think we may be going unhappy very soon. With the recent internet movement of collectively storming Area Fifty One, so this is very planted in twenty nineteen culture, and increased public attention on the alien theories of Tom DeLonge, we are slowly edging towards a mass enlightenment of cosmic proportions. Just over four years ago, Tom DeLonge famously quit Blink One Eight Two for the second time. Put in brackets there. Wow. There's public that's, tri- that's triggering. <laughs> that's triggering. There was a public outcry as the most famous pop punk band of all time had collapsed. 
I mean, I, I feel people could maybe argue with that, but I'm not going to. They said that, not me. Yeah, their so, part's not yours. After 1999's Era of the State launched the band to international fame and sold 15 million copies worldwide, Blink-182 had been a household name, keeping the undying flame of punk rock alive. But little did we know, the first clue to their demise was staring us right in the face. Just as they launched to worldwide stardom and eternal reverence, the seeds of their demise were sown and aliens exist. Right? So, song from Era of the State. Tom DeLonge once said... We all know conspiracies are dumb. He said that in the song, right? It might be backtracking slightly from 1999. Yeah, he's protecting himself <laughs> slightly with that lyric. He's like, look, I know I'm crazy, but hear yeah, me out. Hear me out here. Now he owns a UFO research company called... Okay, they've got this wrong. They've called it... Uh-oh. First fact check is eminent. <laughs> they've called it In the Stars Academy. It's to the stars, guys. Okay, in, in case you're wondering. Wow. Because they're not... If in, you're already in not them, there, why exactly, do you need Oh, exactly. Okay, that's a stupid typo. It's to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, guys. Has won Open Mind 2017 UFO Researcher of the Year Award. Was there other people in the running for that? There's. Is there other UFO Researchers of the Year? Shout out wow, that's niche. Yeah, shout out if you are. Coming into a Tom quote right now, oh, okay. it might all fall apart quite Brilliant. quickly. Oh my god, in an interview with Paper, DeLong explained that he had his phone tapped. Tom, yeah. if you're tapping my phone, can you reply to me right now? Yeah. If you tap mine. For quite some time years ago, there was somebody who was gathering 150 hours of top secret testimony specifically for congressional hearings on government projects and the US secret space program. People from NASA, Rome, the Vatican, you name it, they're all on there. The top 36 hours that summarise the best parts of all that footage, I had it hidden in my house for a period of time and during that time I was flying this person out along with somebody that was Werner von Braun's right-hand assistant. Werner von Braun was a Nazi scientist that we brought over to build our Apollo rockets that got us to the moon. And on his deathbed, he told this person a bunch of stuff. And I was flying them out to LA and we were taking certain meetings. At that time, a lot of weird stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. The long pen goes on. <laughs> to say, yeah. <laughs> to the latest experiences with mind control technology. <laughs> Well, this I hadn't heard about, but <laughs> mind control technology is a thing. No, I agree. Right? I totally agree. Right? I agree that it is used by the government. Mm-hmm. But, right, I don't know how I feel about this paragraph, but we'll see. I've just read the first couple of lines. Dive in. <laughs> Go for it. Right, the person I was dealing with was being awoken in the middle of the night with clicking and buzzing noises. Snoop Dogg! <laughs> Again, check out the Quran sessions. <laughs> and falling on the ground, vomiting every morning at 4am. I know now that, the, that those are artefacts from mind control experiments. With the same technology that we use to find oil underground, we can zap somebody at the same frequency that the brain operates on and it can cause some really horrific things to happen. Mm-hmm. This all seems eerily detailed, if not voracious, from Tom's point of view. It must take an incredible amount of commitment to quit one of the world's biggest rock bands and devote your life to the spreading of extraterrestrial awareness. However, that's not how Tom sees it. Of course it's not. The last show I played was in front of 100,000 people. They wonder why I'm not doing this now, and I'll say, because this is the one movement in my life where I'll be able to look back as an old man and say, oh my god, I was a part of a team that changed the world. Yeah. Right? Contributed something. Yeah. Mm, totally, right? Feel the same with the podcast. Oh, exactly. We're like, this is our In the Stars Academy. <laughs> god. 
to conquer the world of music then commit yourself to another mammoth issue of interstellar proportions is certainly an impressive undertaking i admire tom's bravery and commitment on the subject tom also believes in the moon landing conspiracy but not the one you know about delong believes that they made everyone think that we never went there right that, i thought that was the one that everyone believed that it was all filmed in a studio set yeah me too but the real question is what we found there. Oh, I didn't read it properly. Yeah. So he believes that they did go, but they obviously found something. Mm-hmm. It's lingering question stands of is there life on Mars? Tom says that there's certainly evidence there. It's one planet over. We're going to send people up there and we're going to find remnants of other types of life. <laughs> planet over? It's like oh, the Nick seen a lassie she was doing the street for me. One planet over? <laughs> one street over? <laughs> but really, it was so <laughs> casual. Yes, that's just Tom. But really what's going to be there are remnants of other civilizations, architecture, old monuments, machinery, things that have been fossilised, whatever, and then that will get dripped out for another 30 to 40 years. Maybe there was a civilization there. Either way, there's still a lot to be desired here, as Tom is clearly very reserved with his information. Is there a tendency for tenacious celebrities to turn to left-wing theories, or is Tom DeLong devoting his life for the only real cause worth fighting for? Either way, there's certainly a lot more to discover in the billions of galaxies already identified, and who knows, this part I can totally get on board with. Maybe Tom is an alien himself. Oh, <gasps> Tom. I think Tom is an alien. Like, see the X-Files, Hosey Chung. He's just bringing it down from within, then. Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring down the pop machine from within. He tried to do that in Blink, but he just couldn't have enough room, so he had to leave and, <laughs> <laughs> and go to End the Stars Academy. <laughs> Travis tried to probe him with his drumstick and he wasn't having it. <laughs> Tom. I know. I feel like Tom gets a lot of flag all the time for his theorising, which is I'm sad. Here for I'm it. here for it as well. well. I, I'm, I'm on board. My love for him is only increased. God's voice of love, lads. That's all Natalie. <laughs> That's closer to what I hate. Right? I so, am not I, trashing by any no. anything you have ever loved because you're one of the most authentic, no. beautiful creatures but I knew, on But that is oh. closer to what I don't like. No, but I knew that this is the type of thing, like when you were describing like Christian mm. music you didn't like, I knew mm-hmm. that falling up, falling up is what you meant. Yeah, like in my head, I knew that's what because you meant. I was so, to think, have I imagined this? Have no. I been so <laughs> self-loathing that I have imagined an entire genre that just sounds like it's replicating what's already there in a better format? No, no. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, no. And also, the comment section. Mm-hmm. Is full of um. Yeah, well, I can see them. Yeah. It's full of purely Kreitzen, possibly problematic. <laughs> no, Aaron Soto's good. Aaron Soto's good. Yeah. We are the Christian. <laughs> Christian Linkin Park. I mean, but that's my point. We had Linkin Park. They were amazing. We didn't need a Christian version of them. And actually, also, they did um, Chester Benton not have his own faith? I mean, I think so. I so don't know. Is his faith less legitimate than, than theirs? 
well this is what i mean because, because they're, they're like legitimately there. they're legitimately late see this this is the issue i want to get onto this in the next video by the way which is also the one that you love but yeah. it's because it's because of the label thing always causes an issue so mm. So like breaking Benjamin, so these guys label themselves as Christian, right? Which is why I think they're a little bit more problematic for you yeah. and for me and for me as well. But like it was a bop. But so breaking Benjamin, they didn't label themselves as Christian, but people saw Christian messages in their song, and they are Christians. So people were like, they okay. jumped on it as this is a good thing for us and he, for for God. This is a this we're doing a good yeah. thing for the lord kind of totally and then like in the opposite way like sometimes bands label themselves as like a christian band Mm. but then they might like kind of want to change direction a little bit from that yeah yeah and then like and lord help them well literally wrong literally lord help them please this this video was called mtv news mxpx and the rise of christian punk and it was uploaded by k huntington so thanks for that. Kay Huntington had a bit of an issue getting this footage for us. So we're he does, and he tells us about it <laughs> in total detail. And we're really grateful to him for all the work he put in. Jay, would you care to read the description box for us exactly as it's written? <laughs> I can try. Um, I'll do anything for you, my friend. So, yeah, here we go. There's um, heads up. There's no capital letters. There's very few um, uses of punctuation. So this is going to be fun. In 1997, I had recorded to VHS tape an MTV news story on Tooth and Nail Records and MXPX. But because VCRs are dumb, I accidentally recorded over the ending with the next music video on a later date. I've written MTV countless times through the years, never got a response new sentence and then the magnified pod podcast apparently posted the full video yesterday however it was an official studio archival tape so there is a rather obtrusive time code as well as some pretty bad interlaced ghosting from mismatched frame priority (laughs) so i just now captured my vhs tape and stuck their end into my tape recording to have a full version available i also added the first four seconds to mine since i wasn't as quick to hit record I was beautiful. I'm I'm dying at the fact that he's apologizing for like ghost duplicates being on the screen. He never need to apologize for that. No. And all seriousness, no. Kay Huntington, thank you so much for yeah, uploading this video. Totally. We are not making fun of you. We no. are a little bit, but it's not in a mean way. We love you. No, because we love it. So yeah, I'm just gonna let this go, guys. Um, give you a little bit of the context, see what beautiful sins are hanging out at this music festival. Yep. Bible says, you know, it says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, and if the joyful noise unto the Lord means, you know, loud drums and distorted guitars, then that's what it is. It's not Michael W. Smith, it's not Amy Grant, it's all alternatives, everything from coffee rock to punk rock and everything in between. Positive. It sounds just like the secular stuff, only with like, uh, like a much more positive message to it. A lot of the secular scene, it's just like, I mean, a lot of it's depressing. There's, you know, a lot of songs about suicide and drug use and stuff like that. My favorite band was Nine Inch Nails. I wanna-
God told me that I needed to get rid of it. Yes. <laughs> I would suggest um, he's maybe telling you to get rid of it because Trent Reznor's a bit of an idiot. No. Yeah. All serious, I, I don't think God tells you to get rid of. Well, no. I mean, I'm not one to speak on 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 behalf of the Almighty, but I, yeah, no. I I need to like suddenly start, you know, throwing CDs out. I, you know. No. No. I, I don't, it's a I thorny don't really issue, but. Yeah. Yeah, I, we'll leave it I, I can, Yeah, I, I see what he was trying to say. He was like, yeah. no, no. He was trying to say, like, I found music that fits more my lifestyle now. Yeah, of course. And it can yeah. be a reflection of what is genuinely mm-hmm. going on inside of you. If, yeah, it, if change, there's been a change, change within that you're no yeah. longer drawn to a specific type of lyric or style anything yeah. you know that that's up to that individual to to work that out with their own conscience but in terms of making that a set rule that if you become part of a faith group you have to start throwing things out i, I don't fully buy when we started out we wanted to be like punk rock and stuff and but we just weren't good enough really so i guess it was punk rock but it was like slow because we we're like uh, you're, all, we're all learning together you didn't know how to play like fast or anything MXPX may have been a little slow in the beginning, but they also had an unusual distinction, a devotion both to punk rock and to the strong Christian faith they sometimes sang about in their songs. It didn't take long for word of mouth and a demo tape to reach an executive at the independent Christian rock label, Tooth and Nail Records. We came out to our garage, actually, and watched his practice. And he was into it, I don't know why, because we were really bad. And so he signed us for like a couple records. But three albums, two EPs, and one new guitarist later, the members of MXPX began to question the record deal they had signed while still juniors in high school. We realized from talking to other people in bands that they had their record contracts and their experiences with it that some things weren't quite right with ours. So we really wanted to, um, you know, see some things change. I learned about the band because the manager of the band Face to Face, who's another band I work with, sent me the CD. He said, you've got to hear the CD, this band is amazing. In July, MXPX signed with a major label, A&M Records, which decided to launch their relationship by simply re-releasing the band's latest tooth and nail album, Life in General, a record containing very few religious references. Next, A&M re-released the album's decidedly secular single, Chick Magnet. Tooth and Nail tried to do as much as they could. I think they did a, a fantastic job. And we just said, let's see if we can take it to the next level. And that's what we're just attempting to do right now. Despite the cooperative nature of this move to the big time, MXPX's departure from Tooth and Nail has soured some longtime friendships. I'd be lying if I said that things weren't tense and didn't get weird, you know, somewhere along the line. And I mean, there's a certain point at which we were told we couldn't even talk to the band anymore. And that obviously strained communications between us. And, made things kind of weird. But a sticky business deal isn't the only adversity facing MXPX these days. I think that a lot of people hear about MXPX signing with the secular label. I think a lot of people sense that they feel like they're not, they're drifting away from their relationship with God. If they're going to start out as a Christian band, they should just stick to what they believe and just do it for Christ.
I'm cringing so hard. My palms are sweating. My feet are sweating weirdly. I just think that is not for someone else to to make a decision about about whether Dude, like somebody's it... drifting in the relationship with God. No one has the right to make that judgment so call. Awkward. Like that dude, that and dude. If that they is... were, our uh-huh. job is to support them as human beings. Totally. Like I don't get like see that dude that was like, well, I think that they should just, you know, stick make it to all the Christians. about Christ. Make it all about Christ. He was so aggressive. I was like, whoa, 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 dude, like calm down. Calm your jets, right? It's me that needs to be told to calm down. He's getting stressed out about it. It matters where your priorities are. If your priority is on Jesus, then everything that you do will be glorifying God. You'll want to glorify Jesus. You know what? I love Jesus Christ and it's not going to change my walk with God to listen to Marilyn Manson if I wanted to. I'm not going to because I don't like their music. But who cares what they sing about? That's not going to make me stumble in my walk because I'm... I'm yeah. No, why, why would it? It wouldn't. No, hey, oh, the, oh the no, best. I can't think for myself. Oh no. Why argue over the same Holy Spirit that you're offending by arguing, guys? This is division. This is not right. This is not right. We have a problem. We need to pray. Division is not right. Division is not the answer, Lord Jesus. Anger. Lord God is not the answer, Lord God. We need to reach out to our brothers in love, Lord God, yes, not God. in Hallelujah. in hate Hallelujah. and not, not in arguments. not in yes. arguments. No, no kidding, man. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's beautiful. And I love it is that. lovely, isn't it? And I won't apologize for loving it because and in no, like I'm not even Christian. And I, I think that is lovely. Like a no. wee resolve that's like heated. Um, I mean, Bye. how I can address this actually is by reading my own comment on the video. I know what happened at the end seems weird or unusual, but I think that's partly because we're not used to seeing Christians actually resolving their differences in a healthy way. The prayer was their way of fixing what had happened and making it right. And a literal example of Psalm 133 verses 1 to 2. They came together in unity, tried to be humble and said sorry to God for fighting with each other. That was Jesus' final prayer, that we would be one even as he was one with his father. Having faith in God is certainly not for the faint hearted, especially now when life is so hard. I hope wherever these awesome kids are now, they are strong and healthy and have worked things out in their own unique ways. (laughs) We're, we're, We're being taken on the next chapter. That's right. It's the next step. Of the blank saga, yeah. So, yeah. Um, recap is Natalie <laughs> on what was in the first segment last season. Previously on Blink One Eight Two. <laughs> <laughs> well, previously we had a wee look at the the Enema years, which mm. uh, was my first uh, foray into my one sided obsessive relationship with this yeah. <laughs> Um. So we went from just the, just the Enema cycle, ninety nine. We we kind of we kind of touched on like two thousand ish, but not really. We we stayed within the golden Enema era and didn't really mm. venture much from there last time. No. So I thought that I would take everyone into the early two thousands, take off your pants and jacket era right and now. Well, and we're gonna go. That's where <laughs> we're off to. <laughs> 
they did this thing called the road home. This isn't, you're not going to be showing the clip where they rode through the MTV studios <laughs> on bikes completely naked, are you? No. I like that, oh, that one. I like that one too. I feel like that this, was from Air. That I feel like that make was from an appearance. No, no, that that was firmly an Enema era. We, we we've slight we've slightly moved era a little bit. Um, they've put on more clothes. They've put on slightly more clothes. Slightly mm. more clothes. Um, you know. But then so... proceeded to take their pants and jacket off. <laughs> exactly. They're fickle <laughs> like that. Which, by the way, it's like me I'm pretending like... to be a vegetarian and then eating prawns every so often. But that's okay. That's like that's pescatarian though, still. So that is something. I just don't like that word though. I refuse it to use weird. it. It sounds pescatarian. weird. Pescatarian. It, like, it sounds like French swimming pools. Oh, it just sounds like poncy <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> I love playing in our hometown, but I also find playing in our hometown kind of more nerve-wracking. You have your family and you have your friends, you have people you actually care about their opinion. But at the same time, it's comforting to know that they come and support you. Nervous when we play just because it is hometown. We definitely have like the the bugs in our stomach when we come to San Diego, you know. When we're on tour, all I think about is coming home and hanging out. This is where all my friends are. This is where I feel at home. This is where, I, you know, I feel comfortable. I am literally sitting here (laughs) drinking gin, ovulating to Tom. Come here. Do you have my name written on you at all? Or just Tom? Oh, you're in love with me? Yes. Uh, Do you you have a thing for ugly, fat, disgusting guys? No, I have a thing for very cute, talented guys. Oh. Well, then you should like Travis. Mark, Mark, my heart. That deflect, that humble, humble, Mm. modest deflection was so genuine. Like, oh wait, you like talented guys? Then just like the only talented guy in the band. Why are you not currently (laughs) in the bed with Travis? Oh God, your rightful home. Take off your pants and jacket, okay? Which I'll admit right now. I didn't realise the pun until I was like twenty-five. Of Wait, that there's title. a pun. You don't know about the pun? There's a pun that I've missed. Yes. Maybe <laughs> I'm not the real me. Who's Julie? Where is she? I'm usually the first person to pick it up. 
oh my god i'm so happy that this wasn't just me like i'm so happy that this happens to other people and like what could it possibly be so i thought they were just telling you to take off your clothes me too what else could they be doing (laughs) i mean i mean it's if it's tom telling me i'll obey him right now (laughs) this is audio only i don't care well i mean that's (laughs) well what is a very popular blink joke to be made they like to talk about a lot of self-loving Yes. And that's that's where that pun goes, people. That's where that pun goes. I still don't get you it. Separate, if you separate the words jacket into two separate words, you get jack hyphen <laughs> it. Which <laughs> <laughs> was talking to me about this album. For literally months. <laughs> I've only just, I've literally only just got it with you virtually stopping short of saying the word masturbation. I was trying so hard to let you get there on your own, like pun intended. <laughs> As a doctor, my day can get busy in a real hurry. And with my hectic schedule, I don't have time to deal with acid heartburn indigestion. So when my painful stomach acts up, I turn to the one product that's scientifically proven to work. Blink-182, now with 50% better songs. It is a CD that most proctologists recommend 9 to 1. It is a suppository taken 14 times daily. It's fun to put in and fun to use. It will get you back in the game. Thanks, Blink-182. I feel much better now. Fuck yeah. Possible side effects may include nausea, diarrhea, inability to maintain direction, and occasional drought. I'm glad I was muted there. I laughed so hard. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so sad that I missed the really loud haha that you did. I can't do. I've I'm gone from ovulation to fertilization of the egg with Tom <laughs> dressed in his 1950s gear with his slicked down hair. I love it. Honestly, I just can't. Like the fact the baby will be born at the end of all the blink episodes that we do. <laughs> oh, totally. I will give birth to. And I'll name it Cheshire after the album Cheshire Cat. Oh. You're just a fuck up, she said. I'll live alone instead, she said. I don't care. I know you. Singing's hard, dude. It's hard to sing in the studio. You never realize like how uh, how bad a singer you are. Every time I go into the studio to start cutting vocals, I'm totally humiliated. And actually, I think I think that singing's the worst part of recording, just because it's on tape how bad you really are as a singer. I'm never going to come back home. Um. <laughs> I'll never ask you. Fuck off. <laughs> How did we get through? Through. <laughs> Fuck, I hope we get laid this year. Please, God, please. <laughs> Let me get laid this year. I mean, Mark, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm muted because I'm still scream laughing. Like, I'm scream laughing every single one of these clips with Mark being like, singing's the hardest part of being a singer. Also, after that clip, I don't think I can tell my mum when she asked me, oh, what did you do the podcast on this week? We had the weekend off, mum, I'm sorry.
we'll be back on track because she doesn't know how to work spotify so it's fine it's totally fine. she only knows like, there's a new episode guys, there when i tell her and i give her the link this, otherwise honestly, she's oblivious. yeah there's she's there's no idea the kerrang sessions <laughs> happened it's one of those guys like every day you have to talk to somebody and like every day i have to talk to mark if i don't it's just not the same day Okay, why are they us in the future looking back talking about the podcast though? And if I if I just don't if I don't call him every day, it's just not the same day. That's literally no. me every day doesn't hear you. <laughs> but we'll like never we'll never go through Don't jinx it! I know. No, but we're not. We're not. I promise we're not. I swear to God. But yeah, that is just so Someone in the future is going to mash up all the episodes <laughs> of the podcast when we say really nice things about us and be oh, look at the days when they loved each other. Oh, remember those days? Oh, they were the days. Um, LOL. Now <laughs> Julie's like up in the highlands somewhere covered in plants and bull terriers. We don't know what happened to Natalie. Oh, God. Honestly, it just, it, it just, it, it's... At this time, she got arrested for copyright infringement, apparently. <laughs> That's what we heard. We've been through this crazy trip, and we've seen the world, and we've gotten to do all the things that we ever dreamed about, and we've gotten to, to do it on our own terms. And I think it's been a, an amazing trip here, but I think we're going to be one of those bands that's around forever and always makes records, even if nobody's buying them and using them for toilet paper. But we'll still make them because we'll be the best fucking toilet paper anybody's ever used. Oh. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that to me, Natalie? Oh, just, just what he... like beyond the music. There's just something about that that captures what it feels like when you're in that intense little bubble with someone or a group of people. You know, whether yeah, it's captured a friendship did. or a romantic relationship, where you do, you do think this is it, like something that life can throw it, throw at us, totally that could deteriorate this. And well, <laughs> well, this is the end of the road, guys. So <laughs> this is where, this is where things become a little bit more messy now. And the blank story. It's hard to wake up. When the shades have been pulled shut This house is haunted It's so pathetic It makes no sense at all I'm ripe with things to say The words rot and fall away What stupid poem could fix this home I'd read it every day So here's your a weird one because you know there's divorce is such a commonplace thing that you almost yeah. don't even see it as something like well you know i i come from uh inverted commas broken home or whatever and yeah. you're saying the word broken now without it even being associated yeah. with what it feels like to be broken because it's totally. so commonplace but totally. you know the, the kids standing around while while a wrecking ball like demolishes mm. a home and yeah got 
Mark just screeching at you and it really captures something about the rise of divorces and broken homes and the issues that kids were having that came from those backgrounds there, there's something that really totally. captures that moment in time and I love that issue being that they filmed this in September 2001 mm-hmm. and they were they filmed a, oh. a, they filmed a version where like the set was like burning and stuff like that and it was more graphic than this oh yeah, and they had to like pause filming because they were actually supposed to shoot on the day that September 11th happened. So they were like halfway through. Yeah, they were like halfway through shooting um, this video. The burning like, the, building. The burning building. Are one. you telling me Blink predicted 9 11? <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying that 9 11 like caused Blink 182 to <laughs> break up. That's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so Just establish that from the outset. But the, the sound bite is. So 9-11 broke up like 182, okay? That's, that's the worst thing that happened on 9-11. You know what, I think that just music in general is uh, just art and its expression. And I think that music is, uh, is a force that people can relate to and uh, something that people can draw on for strength. And I think that music in general is going to help people get through. You know, obviously it's going to be a long process, but hopefully music can help a little bit. Our, our music will bring the world together. We've been saying that all night long. We're thinking uh, the whole Middle East crisis we think will stop as soon as our records get destroyed. Yeah, seriously. The only reason there's war in the Middle East is we don't have our records over there yet, Jay. Yeah, but we're going to we're gonna get them over there. And now that uh, they, they allow music again in Afghanistan, they've actually had requests for Blink are really high. Yeah. So Mark gave a very serious, sensible response to it. Mm-hmm. And Tom gave maybe a slightly less serious response to it. <laughs> but, like, but, I think, but I think that's funny because I'm like, okay, with all the terrible things that were happening, he was just trying mm. to have, he was trying to make a little bit of a sort of light-hearted situation out of it, right? He was just being Tom about it. It does remind me of that Family Guy clip. I mean, I'm very much in two minds about Family Guy now, but one mm. of the funniest kind of Same. clips I remember is when is Lois running for some kind of election. <laughs> yeah. and she literally just stands up in front of nine. the cameras and says, Nine. 11 and people lose their minds because she literally mentioned the words i mean it, it was like that because it's like I mean. you couldn't have a conversation with anybody no. in any part of the world without somehow shoehorning that in this is a little clip from love line 2002 it's literally titled how does mark feel about boxcar racer from love line 2002 in brackets very ironic close brackets i love me some irony <laughs> Let's roll the clip. How does uh, how does Mark feel about you and Travis having like other bands? Good question. Oh, I think he's totally fine with it. Actually, what we do in our spare time is just kind of what we all do in our spare time. That's why she's trying to raise a baby right now, right? Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. Congratulations about your baby, dude. Oh, thank so, you. So adorable child, an absolutely adorable child that's going down there. Is is Mark absolutely fine, Tom? Are you sure? Are you are you sure he's fine about all this? Are we sure? You're gonna tell me everything's not fine in a minute. Tom, what can you tell me about Boxcar Racer? What's going on with that? Oh, uh, it's a side project uh, with Travis over here, and we just did some, it's kind of like a more punk rock uh, 
vibe. I don't know. It's 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 cool. It's really it's really it's different, but it's it's still in the punk rock roots, and uh, it'll be out in May, and I think kids will really like it. And Travis, do. How, yeah. how much faster are you playing on that boxcar record than you do with Blink? You know, it's kind of like not really. I mean, there's some like really fast stuff, but it's mostly like kind of like uh, like break beats. Like I don't I don't know. It's it's totally different as far as drums are concerned. Um, who's playing guitar on it or singing? I am. You guys are blessed with my voice. Just for visual cue, Mark looks like he looks like he wants to die. He looks yeah. like he wants to die. This whole time that they're talking over him, Tom, Tom and Travis are literally on either side of him, talking over him as if like he's not there. Yeah, he's literally not, it's not there in this occasion. It's horrible, and like I just think how how must Mark feel at this time? Like. This, this is where this is where the cracks started to appear. We're kind of back to the steps documentary yes. in a kind of lovely yes. way where it was like Claire and H were like, oh, well, you know, we don't really want to be part of a band anymore. Totally. And then three seconds later, they were instantly releasing singles <laughs> with each other. And... Honestly, I would kill for a blank version. I'm telling you right now, the all they boys need is a weekend in, in Ireland <laughs> driving round in H's Mary Cooper. <laughs> Let's forget. quiz and discuss something with you natalie oh god this isn't where i reveal don't worry this isn't where i reveal oh, okay. that i'm a big emmerdale fan that's fair because well my mom used to watch all the soaps so it was emmerdale Connie's street east yeah. like whatever night of the week it was yeah uh, your mum and my mum would have got on but yeah i want to talk to you very briefly about the subject of jazzed up theme tunes Oh no, I hate that. I hate that. Do you mean? Do you mean? I like, you know, instantly. All I needed to say was that, and you knew what I was talking no, about straight they, away. They, when they change it from season to season, yeah, that does my head in. It didn't need changed. Thank God, we are literally one person no. at this stage. So, I get that over time, if a show's been running for decades, the original theme does start to sound a bit dated, but. Yeah. Surely no, that's part of the charm. And I'll tell mm -hmm. you one series that never changed it, The X-Files. Yes. Even classic. right through to the reboot, they never deviated on that original score. Well done. Now, there's a, I think that there, that, you know, it's part of the charm. So there's a mm -hmm. certain comfort to a recognizable theme. Yeah. Um, I'm I very agree. resistant to having to suddenly having a five-piece orchestra narrating domestic decline and unrest in rural England. <laughs> Do you know what? See if I'm watching Emmerdale, which I'm not, I want that lone clarinet softly uh -huh. playing as lambs jump over each other and someone scrubs their hunter boots by the side of a road. That's what I want as well. I that This happened to me with um, Hollyoaks, right? 
Because mm. it used to be the Yeah, players. Hollyoaks did it with well. It was like the guitar, right? It was like that classic guitar notes, right? Mm-hmm. And then it changed to like... And all of a sudden they had each cast member like thrusting themselves at the camera wearing nothing. And it took like three days for them to get through the intro because there was like a million characters. Holidays. Hollyoaks was already like quite a racy kind of sexy show and it was Dude, already I used that to... before you got to literally having them yeah. posing like they were in you know mate you know what i'm gonna say don't F-H-M. you um hollyoaks after hollyoaks after dark the Holyoke's ones that were on at night when they were allowed to swear I mean, that was basically softcore pornography. It was so good. Let's I not dress it up. Emotion. Brookside did that as well. Yeah, yeah, cutting edge, edgy. Like and by it. the way, am I remembering this wrong? Or when they did the After Hours one, did they open it with no theme tune? Yeah, there was no song They had at nothing, all. didn't they? They just nothing, literally, just... they were like, here it is. We're going to yeah. have some straight up sex tonight. Yeah, and swearing. We're on after and the watershed. Drink. We're on after every watershed known to man. We're ready to go at any moment. Yeah. Don't need it's a theme tune. You know totally. what? This is after saying to you, you know what you're here for. Yeah. Let's not dress <laughs> it up with a theme tune. We know why, why you're here. I was, it was like it was like the porn the hub. The so- doesn't exist yet. You've come here for a specific reason. Yeah. Totally. Let's not have any artifice <laughs> of a theme tune playing. <laughs> We've actually uncovered quite a, a, a dark sort of... We're <laughs> starting the episode saying we're going to be dead, dead respectful and we're not. I know. No, we're not. We're calling, out, we're, we're calling out the absolute perverts, me included, that loved Hollyoaks after dark. <laughs> but back to the Emmerdale thing, steering this ship away from that. Um, turn this ship around. Yeah, let's please let's turn it around. They even took the farm out of it. It was Emmerdale Farm to begin with. They took the right. farm out. But well, because then in the end, Emmerdale became about the the farmland was like totally oh, in the background. It was like, like all like the people embarrassed in the pub about agriculture. Totally, they were like, "Oh, this is too boring. We need to spice this up a bit." And they like moved no. away from the farm. You yeah. don't. I know. I'm more embarrassed by the fact that you think a constant constant stream of illicit affairs is must-see television. I mean, it kind of is, though, to be honest. <laughs> that's, the <only> why- <laughs> that's the only reason why I watched that. I was like, oh, well, I'd rather watch lambing, people lambing. That's fair. I think that's adorable and beautiful, and that's why we're friends. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, but, but that but that was the charm of Emmerdale that you could have all of that illicit affair know, thing going but... on in other places. You came to Emmerdale Farm to see people celebrating life on the farm. I know, but it got it got caught up. Revealing about me is that I just need to live in a farm somewhere. I think you do. It it got caught up with what everyone else was doing and thought, oh, we need to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just happened. And suddenly there was Sad helicopters that... exploding left and right, and yeah. Oh god, weird. yeah, multiple explosions and deaths and pushings off of cliffs and who done it, etc. Yeah, love it. Why done it? I would say. Anyway, <laughs> I love um, how on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, you just knew that no one was going to get a happy Christmas ever. It was just going to be absolute death and destruction left. Yeah, the EastEnders were chronic for that. Oh, but amazing. Keeping to the theme of theme tunes. So in addition mm-hmm. to Emmerdale, another um, 
TV show that did this kind of switcheroo on us was Neighbours. This is classy. It's classy. Everybody needs good neighbours. I love it. It's very long. Helps to make. It is, but we don't. We don't need to change that. No. That's fine. It's telling you what the show is about. Uh -huh. Being there for each other. I can already no. remember the one that was around in my childhood, and it was bad. Yeah, becoming people becoming friends. You know, a stranger's just a friend you haven't met, and all of that stuff. Okay, so that's 1985 to 1989. Let's see what 1989 to 92 had for us. Bit faster. Hey, but King is similar. I'm okay with that. It's the same dude. It's Barry Crocker. Um, yeah. Thank you, Barry. Yeah. I can already tell you that my one's 1990 to 2001. Yeah. Well, and it's, up, it's bad. The one I remember was 1992 to 98. Uh oh. Slightly different. Why have we went like funky syncopation? It started to be like. Oh, I don't like. The neighbours aren't friends anymore, they're slightly more than friends. Yeah. There might be a saxophone playing over the top of what these neighbours are now getting up to. A, a saxophone? Yeah. My favourite, favourite, favourite one ever mm. was, if you were in the UK, it was called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yep. If you were anywhere else in the world, it was Ninja. Yeah, the so UK couldn't cope with ninjas. <laughs> couldn't cope with ninjas. No. But then see if you think about it, it doesn't go ninjas in a half shell, it goes heroes in a half shell. Mm -hmm. Oh, they just wanted non-stop heroes, they wanted yeah. nothing to do with Japanese martial arts. No. Nothing. Even though their sensei was literally all about Japanese martial arts, that made no sense. <laughs> yeah, once you get past the theme tune, you're instantly into martial arts, so I don't know yeah. what difference anything made, but... I know. So um, th this was what my brother was obsessed with, but I absolutely loved it. He had the toy, he had like a giant... We've still got it actually. It's Salvatore's now. We had a giant, uh, who's my nephew? We had a giant um, turtle, like, you know how, like, an oil drum? Okay. Like, like a kind of empty oil drum. It was like yeah. an empty oil drum style, but it had, like, um. Is this when you food. tell me you turned it into a shell to wear on your back? <laughs> no. Oh my God, I wasn't that committed to cosplay from such an early age, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, they no. only had 50, 
they, they only had 59 seconds to tell you what the show was about, who the yeah. characters were. Done it perfectly. They did it perfectly. Um, my dad did something that wasn't perfect uh, <laughs> in his wonderful life that was cut short. He thought that it was um, not turtle power at the end. He thought it was uh, to the park. To the park. And sometimes they would. He just go thought to they the were park, constantly though. going to the park. Like, well, quite a lot of the action. He was the king of misheard lyrics, my dad. In Central Park area. I would agree with him that it got quite confusing. Mm. Well, it does end with them diving into water and in the park. So, so that, that would makes make sense. sense in that, his head. It, it yeah. checks out. It check, the theory checks out. Yeah. Um. Definitely. But yeah, I was obsessed. April O'Neil, what an icon. She is an icon to this day. We love her. Honestly, yep. the turtles, icons, the whole thing, and also weirdly, links to previous episodes or previous or thing we've mentioned recently. So Uncle Phil was Shredder. Uncle Phil did the voice of Shredder. Uncle. Oh, Uncle, Uncle Phil, Phil from Fresh Prince. No way. Mm-hmm. How fun. Uncle- yeah. And. See the weird, like the so not Bebop and Rocksteady. Those were like the two like goons, if you will. But like yeah. the main mastermind evil guy was called Krang. Krang, almost, almost, almost similar to Krang. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we'll move together. on to the next one, Natalie. So- this is an art attack. This is an art attack. This is art attack. Yeah. Was that show out before Phil Collins had the drum riff for <laughs> In the Air Tonight? <laughs> that drum fell so very similar. It's so good. That but, yeah. tune is chaotic as anything. Like any but child it's... that was in it art could like relate to that on a very visceral level. And I was oh, totally. And he would always like the item that you always asked that you have was PVA glue, which no yeah. one ever had. No. So it's like, don't, don't worry about being neat or anything, because remember, it dries clear. Yeah. <laughs> Something that weird about that remember. sentence. I think we should move on. on. <laughs>
on air <laughs> with that, Natalie. Dude, Dude no. honestly, like, I, no, this was, this was part of my childhood. I thought, do you know what? I think it's a really good, so when we were going to do this episode, I was like, I'm sure Home Improvement is a really good theme tune. I'm completely I mean, Define really good. I mean, it's quite, with the best, well, in the world, <laughs> it's, it, it's quite erotic. <laughs> it's charged. Um, there's a lot of um, kind of weird flutes and saxes going on. Um, now, what I will say is, the gentleman making the noise. What's his name again? No idea. Who is it that does the noise on this? Does anyone know? Well, it's the it's the lead guy, the guy that plays the dad. Who's he? Is it Tim Allen that makes the noise? Tim Allen. I actually was aware of tim allen's strange noise through adam buxton who likes to impersonate him so i was primed and ready to receive um, his weird weird. vocal inflection and now now it all makes sense i can't do it like i can't even impersonate what it is i'm glad you can i never want to hear it Um, i'm only happy with adam buxton doing it look at that somebody's tried to Make the Tim Allen noise um, phonetically. Spell E, two U's, A, two G's, two H's. And I think that's as best we can do. This is the Evergreen Forest. Quiet, peaceful, serene. That is until Bert Raccoon wakes up. Luckily, he has some good friends to help him out. Life would be simple in the forest except for Cyril Sneer. And his life would be simple except for the raccoons. I love that. It told you the concept of the show. My heart is swelling ten times the size. It was so adorable. And I do remember some of those storylines. There was something quite... Oh, God, what's the word for it? There was something quite melancholic about it. Like, totally. they had fun japes and adventures, but there was always some kind of, there was this push and pull between the raccoons and Cyril Sneer, who had the weird kind of hook nose. And he was like this corporate machine and, and he was full of greed and he wanted to destroy the forest and turn it into like skyscrapers or something. <laughs> and, and and the raccoons were like, no, we're not having this. We're not let. But at the same time, Cyril's nephew was kind of like straddling two worlds. Like he had his weird that. uncle that was cruel and horrible, but he had the raccoons who were the, his friends. And then he had a wee girlfriend as well. And uh, yeah, there was kind of like strange tension. What social this, issues going on there? Yeah, there was this lovely married couple raccoons who are still like couple goals to me. And you know, like, they were so good. You know who they reminded me of? Who? The married couple raccoons reminded me of Keith and Melody. You know, Keith Green and his wife, there was that kind of like 
we could be we could be running a happy commune by night and no one would know like there was that that kind of sense of community spirit and then Bart the minute he gets out of bed it's chaos he just wants to overturn the system and the other two would have to kind of rein him in and he would always get himself enjoy involved in all these um, really dangerous situations and they would always have to come to his rescue and it was wonderful I love that However, it was I do gorgeous, have a Natalie. I have a question. Go why why does Bart Raccoon hmm. have the same type of nose as Cyril Sneer? Was there a weird sort of DNA thing? Are going you on there? suggesting that they could have been related? And it's like I'm a just, Luke Skywalker situation. I mean, I'm just pointing out. I had never thought of it like <laughs> that. And I think. Going, knowing the raccoons as well as I do I don't, it was years ago like decades that I watched mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. show so it may well have been at some point there was, not a DNA test per se but there <laughs> could have like been suggestions that, that Bart had connections to Cyril that, that, would, that would have been, that would have really upset the apple car, I don't know the answer to that question um, now I want to Wikipedia every episode that was ever released and find out <laughs> It's like a hurricane, get in, duck, bird, race cars, lasers, aeroplanes, it's a duck blur, might solve a mystery, or rewrite history, duck tales, every day they're out there making duck tales, tales of daring, do bad and good duck tales, whether this only applies to my weird brain (laughs) that sees the world in a very different way a lot of the times to other people I have a memory of watching those little scenes that they would put into the they would incorporate into the theme song and every week I would get really excited is this the week that we're gonna see um the little girl duck underwater with a helmet on kissing a shark um is this gonna be the week that um that that Scrooge McDuck fights fights his way to the the top Mm -hmm. of an Aztec tower to get a gold lantern like when's that gonna happen Mm -hmm. I I am almost certain that some of the scenes that were in that theme tune were never actually in the show because I can remember this is the the origins of me you know you're talking about disappointment when you would see Neil Buchanan creating a like portrait out of t-shirts in a field somewhere like there was that kind of you were you were part of it you were absorbed by it but you were distant from it you could never recreate it no and it was always it was always this like where why are you leading me to believe that those scenes happen in the show totally like i'm sure some of them were in the huh? show i actually think the the two ducks racing to the top of a tower to get a gold like la- like 
lamp thing. Mm-hmm. I think that was in the DuckTales movie that I didn't see. Because <sighs> I think when I was young, I was given the option of my first film that I was to see in the cinema either being the DuckTales movie or All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, buddy. I picked All Dogs Go to Heaven because there That's was a lovable beautiful dog a german shepherd on a mountain and a little girl hugging him and i was like that's the movie for me little did i know that it was directed by don bluth who made some of the saddest children's movies known to man it's traumatic i'm still to this day traumatized by that movie what was the one he did with the mice fight like the one with five american tale an american tale are you kidding me on me it's a tale about modern immigration I mean, that's already a sad film. All Dogs Go to Heaven is one of the saddest films that I have ever seen as a child or adult. I sat in that cinema age seven and wept. I mean, my mum and dad had really struggled. Like, it was in the 80s where going to the cinema as a kid wasn't, like, a thing that Mm -hmm. you did. Like, it wasn't a babysitting service. If you were taken to to see your first film, that was a major landmark. That was a milestone in your life. And it, like I, I genuinely do think they were like, "What have we done?" Yeah, like that we've made a bad choice Why here. We should have went to see Ducktales. This even we should have went to see Ducktales. That yeah, that poster showed like a little girl hugging a dog, and the like. Spoiler alert: the dog dies. He sacrifices his life because for the all girl. dogs go to heaven. Oh, yeah, the clues in the title. That's they're right. They're so pure. They're so pure. But yeah, that they all go automatically. Duck- they do from DuckTales to Julie's childhood trauma in one foul swoop nightmare. You you need to have a conversation now with adult Julie and explain yourself. <laughs> what do you mean? I'd never heard of it till you. Nightmare draws it really draws it all together. So you've got first of all. They jazzed up the theme tune. Oh. Actually, this bucks the trend slightly because I think they did quite a good job of of injecting a bit more drama and suspense into an already dramatic and suspenseful show. Nightmare Mm -hmm. was terrifying. Well, on Nightmare, you didn't win anything. 90% of the time, you ended up getting cut in half in the corridor of Blaze (laughs) and then walking off into the nether realm while, you know, you waved at Treyguard, the dungeon master. Well, you died. All children go to heaven. Well, I don't know whether it's heaven, but you would have after the child death, you would have them walking off into what looked like the northern lights. And your helmet would be off. So a nightmare, they basically, it it was so ahead of its time, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd have this helmet that was put on um, and it was like kind of virtual reality. You'd walk into all Mm -hmm. of these amazing kind of like um, fantasy-like chambers. And in later seasons, it would be, you'd be walking through forests and things and, and people would come out and meet you and you would have to get clues. You would have to ask the right questions to every character you met. They would give you a little clue about, or a password or something you might need to the next level. And there was certain characters that if you didn't have the right password, you were dead, instantly dead. It, it was so... This is impossible to win. This so is literally impossible to win. This. When you talk about not pandering to children, this nightmare was straight up killing kids off. Yeah, so, totally. like, on a weekly basis, I was probably, this, this thing ran for about six, seven, eight seasons. I could count on, if I'm lucky, two hands. I would say on one hand the amount of teams of kids that won it. 
Yeah. Nobody could best it. It was so hard and so scary and so suspenseful. So you'd have like, you have your your opening theme that's going to reflect this. Um, And you do. Now it reflects it. But, and this is kind of hard because I'll need to describe this. Um, Again, somebody's done an evolution of the the nightmare opening. So let's start with the the early years, shall we? And we'll see the difference between the early and the later years. Let's go. Um, so you had a knight on a horse, you know, classic yeah. knights of the round table. He had his shield, he has his sword. Yeah. But it had some kind of like, yeah, it had some kind of like dark, creepy imagery, but nothing Yeah, he's, but it's quite uplifting. So it's jumping yeah. over um, like a, a big gap in the, in the kind of... Yeah, a gorge. In the gorge that he's jumping over and, and he makes it under the cutlass just in time. And yeah, yeah very Class. amazing kind of heroic imagery. It's reflective of what happened in Nightmare. Nightmare, to, you know, um, the fact that the 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 kid that was walking about with the helmet on would have a shield. Uh, he never had a sword. He never had a horse. Um, he never jumped over a gorge. Um, so completely in that sense, not reflective of what happened. Uh, now the later series, they amp this up even further. There's some Ooh. even more wild, outlandish imagery. Um, in the later seasons, let, let's see how the theme tune um, changed during uh, that period of time. Here we go. Got a bit of CG action going on here, sort of. Mm. Wowie. love it i'm literally instantly transported back to the dragon fic that we did <laughs> yeah me and natalie found some fan fiction on um nightmare uh, a, a little kid in the dungeons meets a dragon uh the less said about that the better now that theme tune has there's lots of dragons in it the, it has the, the kid. kid you can you can see how the game show would work that you can see yeah, it, exactly so it's good yeah. because they're not showing some cartoon like yeah. 35 year old knight on jumping yeah. over gorges you've got an actual child he's, yeah. he's running down a set of steps which i can assure you every step you took in nightmare had to be guided piece, yeah, by, totally. piece by your by your friends in the in the that were watching you what you were doing yeah. so it'd be like sidestep to your left and of course sidestep <laughs> to your left sometimes meant you would be instantly killed by a blade <laughs> So that that doesn't work. The running down up and down stairs would never happen. No. Running wasn't an option. It's like the slowest walk. game ever. Yeah, very yeah. slow. 
Um, it also has uh, the kids, even though they're blind and can't see uh, through the helmet, reaching into a, a pot of gold and, and to grab some gold yeah. before a, a dragon manages to snap their hand off. Uh, yeah. It also has, most dramatically, a kid opening the wrong door, falling down a chasm and being <laughs> caught by a massive hand that comes out of the stone the wall? catching yeah. just in time. It, it literally just appears from out of a wall. That never crazy. happened. I'm very cross about it, Natalie. <laughs> I was going to say, because that was actually quite terrifying. I was like, that, that was but I, I, like, at no point are you seeing a child being caught no. just in time by a giant hand made out of rocks. But I, but I want that to happen now that I've seen it. I wanted it to happen desperately. Yeah. I was the world's biggest Nightmare fan. I yeah. adored. This was before X-Files for me. Nightmare yeah. was, was this was starting one you on of the, the first fantasy things train. I was obsessed by. Mm-hmm. It was so good. But yeah, I just thought that was quite funny about how theme tunes can often be quite misleading. They and can be. upset me at the time. I've got over it now, but well, maybe I just. Haven't. Yeah, that's the sound of someone who's got over mild childhood trauma. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. And best of series two, part two will be up very soon we'll try and get it up for the weekend uh life permitting we hope you're doing well and we'll see you very soon as well for series three don't worry we've not abandoned you yet much as you might like us to see you soon guys